part of my methodology is teaching people to eat in a way that feels nourishing and whole to their bodies because taking care of ourselves is a conduit to clarity. The less I am polluting my body, the more I am nurturing and nourishing it with things that are right for it via healthy movement and foods and mindset and all of those and relationships, everything, all of it nourishes us the clearer I become because, you know, the energy drinks and the diet that isn't right for your body, that's all pollution. And your body spends so much time processing it and so much energy processing it. There's nothing left over for you to hear that intuition, for you to act in your highest service. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Black Butt Beauty Radio. I'm so looking forward to sharing this conversation with my incredible guest, Amina Altai. Amina is a healthy business advisor. She's a leadership coach, and quite frankly, she's someone that I find to be very refreshing in the entrepreneurial space because she is, you know, someone who doesn't buy into or practice this overdone, you know, mentality and message of if you're not grinding yourself to death, basically 24-7, you're not going to make it in life. Like success is dependent on you know, your blood, sweat, and tears. And I just personally, I don't, that doesn't resonate with me. And it certainly doesn't with Amina either. And, you know, her whole approach to building success by way of business is synonymous to building a very, you know, harmonious, nourished inner being within yourself as you're doing that, as you're creating your business, basically saying one really can't exist without the other. You know, how many people do we know who or have learned about that, you know, generated immense business success, right? Like finances and all that stuff, like killing it. And then comes a time where, you know, the big reveal happens. They've been depressed the whole time. They got sick. You know, things of that nature happen because they weren't nourishing their inner being. They weren't looking after, you know, the the essential harmony that we must always be paying attention to as we're, you know, creating our career and business success that we desire you know, so I just, her journey is awesome. I'm so excited for her to, you know, share her story. It's very relatable. You know, what took her from burnout to basically being lit up and then, you know, essentially stopping this action of building a business where she was kind of copying others and hoping for the same kind of success to leaning into her true gifts and talents and then, you know, creating a very, very remarkable and successful business as a result of it. And, you know, what's so incredible about the business is that she's helping others to do the very same thing. So I just feel like, you know, she's a very refreshing voice in this space. And I'm very grateful that, you know, we've connected. It's funny as you listen to this conversation. I mean, for those of you who, you know, are really familiar with me and my, you know, thought process, philosophies, methodologies, all that. I mean, 
you're going to laugh at the alignment within us because um, it's just, it's so on point. So I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you guys right now. And as always, I love hearing your feedback. It really means a lot to me. So you guys enjoy this epic, inspiring conversation with Amina Altai. Amina, what's up, girl? Thank you for being here on my podcast, Black Hope Beauty Radio. I'm really, really excited to get down on a really nourishing conversation with you. How are you? I am great. And I am so excited to be here with you, too. I just, you know, everything that you do and you talk about just feels so aligned with what I'm working on. I think it's a some moments of magic we're about to have here. <laughs> Absolutely. The stars are aligned to bring us together. So I'm excited to get right into it. Um, can you give a brief background to our listeners on, you know, where you were prior to where you are now in your career and kind of just, you know, how you kind of came to be where you are with everything that you've got going on, which we're going to dive into. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm a healthy business advisor and leadership coach, and I help people feel really good in their work through a mind, body, and soul approach. Um, and I actually came to this teaching and brought a lot of methodologies together because I needed it for my own life. So in my 20s, I co-founded a marketing agency, and I had this major crash and burn. So I was you know, basically working 70, 80-hour weeks. I had zero boundaries. I was putting my clients before myself, my employees before myself. And I literally hit rock bottom and I developed two autoimmune diseases. And, you know, there was this moment and I remember it very distinctly where my doctor called me and was like, you know, if you don't pull it together, if you don't change something soon, like you're not going to be here for very long. And that was a moment I had to kind of make this really big choice, you know, and I had to learn to heal my mind, my body, my relationship with work. And I went on to study nutrition, fitness and mindfulness Um, and started to feel so good by the changes that I was making. And then also what was available to me when I was actually feeling good, right? Because it's a great thing to feel good in your body. It's a great thing to be clear in your head, but what's the impact that you could have on the world around you when you can show up fully? That's what I'm interested in. And I started to feel so great. It was seeing that I could show up in this incredible new way. And I thought, I have got to teach this. I've got to help other people so they don't have to hit rock bottom. They don't have to have that fall. And they can have all these tools to live a beautiful and impactful life. That is badass. I love it. You saw my big smile when you hit that one point because one of the things that I so often express is that, yes, I mean, to take care of myself is obviously a direct benefit to myself, but don't get it twisted. We are conduits of energy. So I'm affecting you. You're affecting me. The world doesn't need more sick people. The world needs people who are lit up, feeling good, and then expressing that energy out into the world. That's how we make the world a better place. So sometimes it's like self-care and and, and doing those things could be selfish, which we could talk about that word later because it's a really funny word to me. Um, <laughs> but it's so true what you're saying. I, I so believe in that, that that is the greatest service that you're not only doing for yourself, but you're doing for the world by nourishing yourself, taking care of yourself. Exactly. I literally want to like jump through the screen and give you a hug. It's <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Um, so wait, I want to kind of like, I, I want to extract a little bit more from that moment, if you don't mind, like that space. Yeah. So you're, first of all, starting a, your own business in your twenties. I mean, that's incredible that I'm sure that was like, you know, you're obviously self-motivated and driven. And um, when you got to that point where you started getting sick, like your body was breaking down. You're obviously overworking. Um, 
do you feel that you were fully in like super passionate still about what you were doing? Did that have something to do with it? I'm just curious. Or did you I think that had a huge piece to do with it? I was in my zone of excellence, not my zone of genius, right? So it was something that I was good at. I was getting external validation, but it wasn't this work that was setting my soul on fire, right? So some of it felt forced and it felt like I had to dig energy out of reserves that I didn't have, right? Like when people say dig deep, I just remember those days of being like, okay, let me dig a little deeper, find energy that I don't have to give to something that my heart isn't fully, fully in, right? So I think that's a brilliant insight that you just brought up. Um, and then for me, a lot of it was had to do with self-worth too. So I grew up in a household that really valued our doing versus our being, what we could give to other people versus who we are as humans. And I carried that programming forward with me into every aspect of my life, particularly career. And so I had set up this equation in my head that the more I do, the more valuable I become. And so I was just giving and doing and giving and doing until basically my body was like, whoop, no, we can't do anymore. But because I had tied my self-worth to it, I ignored all the signs. So my body was giving me little symptoms here and there, little nudges. And I was like, shh, like, I'm not going there. I'm not ready to listen um, until it was such a big hit that I actually had to pay attention. Let me ask you, what was your diet and your, um, you know, like activity levels like at that point? I mean, I imagine if you're overworked, my imagination goes you're probably not giving that much of a shit about your diet. You're kind of grabbing what you can to get by probably tons of, you know, coffee, even though I love coffee, um, mm-hmm. and the movement was not as, you know, you didn't have time. Right. Or I don't know. That was my imagination, but correct me. No, that's exactly right. And it's so funny. I don't know how I ever like lived that way. And I think it's interesting to call it living because I don't think I was really alive. Um, But yeah, I wasn't moving my body. I was just eating whatever was available, skipping meals. Um, I never did coffee. I was never really into it, but I would do like energy drinks here and there, um, diets. Like I cringe even saying these words and no one's asked me this question in so long. It's so funny, but yeah, that's how I lived before I was really alive. No, I love, and I love, that you pointed out in quotations, like not really living because it's true. I mean, now you know what it feels like to be alive. And I think the reason why that is such an important question to me is because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are in that exact moment right now who are just kind of doing what they can in those areas to get by, to keep the machine going. I mean, you know, and we, we talked about this kind of briefly before we hit record, but like, you know, if we're not taking care of our, of our health from an internal and an external, you know, place, we're not going to feel good. And then that affects everything. Everything affects everything, right? Exactly. It's all connected. (laughs) Um, One other thing that I love that you pointed out is the doing more than being, because I feel like we, especially as Americans, Mm -hmm. we have created this idea that if you're not working yourself to death, you're never going to be successful. And it is. And then, you know, first of all, I think it's the most bullshit message ever. Second of all, and we can, and I'm going to pick your brain about this, what success even means, right? Yep. Which is so exciting. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) so you're being more now. So let's kind of, we're going to move around a lot. Um, So you get to this place, you study health and nutrition. Right. And then, you know, were you afraid to transition out from this business that you built and what you've been used to? I mean, I'm sure that had it been a little bit scary to 
to feel this pull in another direction? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So for me, it actually felt more like more of a push than a pull. Like literally the universe was like, get out and literally pushing me out the door. It was it was very, very funny. So there was never a doubt in my mind that I needed to really change my circumstances, change my situation. Um, and I wasn't exactly sure what the next steps were. And so I just went step by step, you know, probably my transition is a lot slower than a lot of people's. Cause at first I was like, okay, I know I'm called to wellness in some way. I don't know what way exactly. So basically what I did was I sold my percentage of my agency to my business partner. And then I went on to a wellness company to head up their marketing efforts. So that was like my first step. And I was like, okay, I'm in wellness, but I'm still in marketing. How does this feel? And then just the next step and the next step and the next step to see how things felt along the way um, because I'm somebody that really has to experience things to know if it's right for me. So the idea of something is very different than the actuality for me and like physically being in the space, how my body feels in the space, how my body feels in the day to day are like huge indicators for me. And so, you know, my, like I said, my transition was probably a lot slower than a lot of people that have decided to make a change, but I had to kind of basically check everything off the list to, to see what was wrong for me before I could find what was right for me. Oh, I love that. That's a really cool approach. Um, and it, even though it might've been longer in quotations, um, <laughs> it probably felt a lot easier to maneuver through. Like it easier in the sense of like maybe less scary than like some big, I'm just jumping ship from one thing to the next. You kind of, you know, took it inch by inch, right? It's from what it sounds like. Exactly. And, you know, not only did it allow me to kind of come out of the fear, right? Because I knew that I had a marketing background and I could always make money at marketing, right? So as I'm transitioning and building my new business, I've got this skill set that is viable that can help me pay the bills because we've got to pay the bills, right? Right. And that's something that I teach the people that I coach, right? Because a lot of the times when we're in a space that feels uncomfortable, we want to abandon it and we want to jump from the frying pan into the, fr- into the fire. But we need to understand what's not working about us and what's not working about our traits uh, in those difficult moments because otherwise we'll take them with us, right? So I needed to kind of sit in the marketing fire. One, it helped me with the fear, but two, to really like get clear on my own baggage and like what wasn't working and what I didn't want to bring into my shiny new business that I was really excited about. That's really amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a great tip to just put out there because I mean, look, there's a lot of people who are unhappy with their job and their career. Maybe they do. A lot of people don't have clarity on what they would like to do, you know, outside of that. And then there are some people who, who have like an inkling maybe of an idea or some kind of passion that's inside, but they don't know how to, you know, make that transition. So that feels like a very, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep using this word nourishing because we need to talk about that, obviously, with you. <laughs> it's a very, like I said earlier, too, like a very kind of inch by winch. It, it, what was that right now? <laughs> I loved it. Inch by winch. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. An inch by winch. That, it, it sounds like a, you know, inch by inch progressive way to do it. And that, you know, you kind of like eliminate possibility of, you know, bottoming out or things just going wrong. And now you don't know where you you're like, yeah, it just feels like a smart way to do it. Let's just end it on that. Well, thank you. And I do think also when we are so panicked and worried about money and stuff coming in, it doesn't free us up emotionally or energetically to pull in the new exciting stuff that we want to work on. So you, you have to take care of yourself in that space so that you are freed up to, to do the new stuff. Totally. Okay. So before I get into the 
entrepreneurish. It's actually hard for me to say that. It's funny. Yeah, it's not the easiest word. You know, as a former marketer, I should probably work on that. <laughs> no, I, I am obsessed with that word. I think it's, here's the thing. So I think it's brilliant. And, and the reason for that, there's many reasons, one of which is because I'm someone who believes, um, and this was going to co- you know, move us towards the whole idea of success, but I won't go too deep into it. It's just this idea that, you know, I'm not interested in just having some kind of tangible, you know, prosperous business mean and then inside I'm dying, I'm suffering, I'm uncomfortable, my relationships are suffering, my health is breaking down. Like, but meanwhile I'm making all this money and I have a lot of shit to show for it on the outs. I'm not interested in that. And agreed. Yeah. I so when you when you say your tagline is entrepreneurish and I am an entrepreneur, right? That makes so much sense to me because the goal for me is yes have a thriving business, prosperity, all that stuff. But if I'm broken down inside, none of that matters. But when I'm thriving inside and I get that, I'm fucking winning. Like I'm exactly you know? next level. Yeah, exactly. So maybe let's actually talk about that a bit. Can you, um, I just want to hear from the person who created that coined that term. What does that really mean to you? Yeah, that's such a great question. So when I had my marketing agency, I worked specifically with startups and emerging entrepreneurs, some big brands, but mostly in the startup space. And I would see the same pattern time and time again. I would see founders who were thrust into these CEO CEO or leadership roles um, and weren't necessarily equipped to handle it, right? From an emotional standpoint, from a mindset standpoint, from a knowing how to take care of themselves standpoint, or even how to grow teams, right? And I would see unhealthy behaviors basically making them take a hit, right? Whether it was like in their body, in their mind, or even in their business, right? Because I believe that healthy founders and healthy businesses are intrinsically tied. And so I would just see people who weren't equipped, who didn't know the tools, didn't have the tools, who were suffering in some way, and then their business suffered, and then other people suffered. Because our businesses are, we have ripple effects with them, right? Via the teams that we have, and via the impact we have out in the world. And so it's so important that we get it right in business. Because like I said, we're impacting those other people's lives were impacting the world. And I was just seeing time and time again, people didn't have the tools. And I was on the receiving end of of some of the quote unquote suffering, right? Whether it was like a disgruntled founder or literally somebody who, um, who I was working with, who was struggling with addiction and you're on the receiving end, a lot of, of those behaviors. And so I thought, okay, somebody needs to create a curriculum to help these people out. And I've spent a lot of time in this world. It might as well be me. (laughs) That's amazing. That is so smart. And so um, okay, so a couple things. I want to know. This is kind of a jump around again, but obviously, you have an inner voice. We all have an inner voice, right? Some people have the ability to hear it and to connect with it. Some people ignore it. Some people can't hear it. Mm-hmm. From listening to you, you definitely had a connection to that inner voice that was guiding you, maybe pushing you at times, like using your. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that, you know, as you're kind of feeling these things and moving inch by inch, was that something that, was it easy for you to respond to this kind of inner voice or was it, you know, did you ever hesitate? I, and that's a very important question for me 
to hear you answer because again, there are a lot of people in this kind of scenario. Maybe they're hearing that voice and they're kind of pushing it away or they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's such a brilliant question. So for me in the very beginning, I could hardly hear the voice. And the biggest challenge for me was I couldn't distinction between the inner guidance system and the voice of ego. So sometimes I'd hear this voice and I'd be like, do I trust this voice or is this ego? Like, I don't know, because I was so numb. You know, I wasn't attuned to anything because I was basically like struggling and surviving right in that survival mode. So I hadn't opened myself up and I, I didn't trust myself. And so I didn't know and understand the voice. And I remember um, I went to life coaching at the beginning of this process. And I remember asking my coach, how do you know, like, it's your voice? Like, how do you know to trust it? And like, how do you know to hear it? And how do you know to like act on it? And she's like, when you know, you know. And so then I just like started to get really curious and just start to listen more and see how I would respond in certain situations. And you know, see if certain things might be triggering me and I'm coming from a wound versus like actually thoughtfully coming from my inner guidance system and responding. But it took me a very long time to actually hear and distinguish the voice. And now there's like no question. Like I hear it all the time. I know exactly when I'm like going against it. And I'm like, why did I do that again? (laughs) Um, You know, now there's no going back. But there was there was a moment where I was like, who's where is this voice that everyone's talking about? Well, do you my my and I? Okay. Do you feel that as you became healthier on all fronts, that that connection to your voice became more clear? Yes. I literally want to kiss you. This is like a really beautiful question. So part of my methodology is teaching people to eat in a way that feels nourishing and whole to their bodies because taking care of ourselves is a conduit to clarity. The less I am polluting my body, the more I am nurturing and nourishing it with things that are right for it via healthy movement and foods and mindset and all of those and relationships, everything, all of it nourishes us the clearer I become because, you know, the energy drinks and the diet that isn't right for your body, that's all pollution. And your body spends so much time processing it and so much energy processing it. There's nothing left over for you to hear that intuition, for you to act in your highest service. Okay. Everyone's like, okay, these two are kindred spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Like you should just like get married and be done. Everything you, I have said that so many times and I believe it's so true. And it's like, but the funny part is, Amna is like, is it really like rocket science? No. When you zoom out and you're like, okay, we are a system of systems. Everything affects everything. What I'm putting in or not putting in, how I'm moving, you know, my relationships, what I'm reading, what I'm, all of that stuff is going to either advance our clarity, make us feel good or pollute us and make us feel like shit and bring us down. And it's, it's almost like, this is my thought. I'm so curious what you're going to say about this, but I feel like most humans walk around with this. They have a deeper connection to this kind of human identity of self. So example, I'm Roxanne. I have black hair this is my family. I have a podcast. This is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. Completely not having any connection to my biology. My, mm. When we sync those two things together, then we, and you know, and that means, yes, I'm obviously me and all that stuff, but I'm being mindful about, you know, the internal environment and how I'm affecting it with the information that I am putting into it, which everything's information, foods, information, books are information, obviously movements, information, 
um, you know, that when you put those two things together in my mind, now you're like onto some shit, right? Like in, cause you're being mm-hmm. mindful of everything. There's no disconnect. So when everything you just said right now is like an echo of that to me, and it makes my heart expand that, you know, a, this is how you feel. B, you just expressed it on my podcast and C, like, this is what you're putting out into the world, you know, with your clients and the people that you speak to. And it's so beautiful. So, Oh, right back at you, sister. Yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, amazing. So can we kind of dive into more of your, I'm so excited about this, your methodology. Um, I would love to know more about that. There's something that I heard you say when I was researching you that I, I loved so much when you were talking about you know, maybe this is like kind of bringing two things together, methodology and just is something that you express. But when someone wants to start a new business, how they also need to create a nourishment plan. Like that's something I've never heard of. And I'm so high-fiving you for that because that to me is money in the bank. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And yes, I fully agree because oftentimes when we're starting these new businesses, we throw our entire heart, body, soul, time, everything we have into these businesses, right? And then time for ourselves goes by the wayside, but people aren't thinking that that it's a virtuous circle, right? That if I take care of myself, I show up for this business, then this business gives back to me and I give back to this business and it's this endless cycle of magic um, because that's not how we're trained to think, right? We People go to business school and you know they learn to write a business plan and, and, you know, they think about market forces and all these things, but they're not thinking about their body and the potential and the power in that too. And I think it's so important to, to plan those in tandem. And especially at that point, because you need guardrails, you need tools, you need support, you need, this is the moment where you are showing up the most fully. So how could you not put all the best things in your body and give to yourself in the biggest and best way? Yeah, that's so, yes, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as far as, okay, can you give maybe, um, what would an example look like of that? Just to give someone, I mean, obviously people want to work directly with you. I'm so supportive of that and, you know, channeling people to go towards you. But if you can just give a hint or some tips on what a nourishment plan would look like um, when someone is, you know, embarking on a new business or a new venture, whatever, all of it. Yeah, that's a brilliant question. And it's a little bit different for everyone, right? They're sort of customized because everyone has different need states. Like we are, we're all snowflakes, right? We're all so different. And based on where we've been, based on where our mindset's at, based on the programming we have in our subconscious, you know, it's, it's a little bit different for everyone. But generally, the bones of it are, you know, we're going to talk about how to move your body in a way that feels really good for you. And we create um, basically... Um, like bandwidth, right? So it's not necessarily about always doing this thing all the time. But like, when you're feeling really strong and powerful, I want you to do this. When you're feeling like you, you know, need to give back to yourself, you need something restorative, I want you to do this. So really kind of creating a spectrum and a toolkit that they can pull from it really is a toolkit. And the same goes for food, right? So you know, what does your day to day look like? How do we what do we need to do for energy for brain health to really support you to show up fully for this? You know, what do we need to do to help you stay grounded? And we can approach that from a mindset and a food perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then how are you taking care of everyone around you too? Like cleaning up your side of the street and then extending that out into the world as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we even touch on things like relationships because, you know, if you're starting a business, starting a business is like giving birth, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine I've actually never given birth, but it, I, I feel like I've birthed businesses a lot and it's <laughs> a lot. Um, 
And you need to be able to like do that in the right way. You need to be able to show up fully for that, to have the energy for that. And that's why these nourishment plans are so, so important, but they are really specific to everyone. And, but there are a couple areas that we pull from. So we always look at mindset. We always look at what you're eating. We always look at how you're moving and we always look at belief systems. Cause I think those are the most important. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Everybody is different. Um, so you would have to adjust for everybody. Um, but the, where you're pulling from, you know, as a whole makes so much sense. Do you, do you meditate? I do. I'm a Vedic meditator. So I do 20 minutes twice a day with a seed mantra. Oh, wow. That's amazing. What about you? Yeah, oh, I do. I don't have, um, yeah. So meditation is a really interesting thing for me. It's been, I've been meditating for several years now and I don't have a style or I can't really say like, Oh, this is how I meditate. What I have is the ability to just really, if I have a hundred thoughts, this is the best way to explain it. I have the ability to go 50, 40, 30, and then I'm down to, it's not quiet. It's like this single kind of thought, but really it feels, it's like a voice. I have a connection to what I call my muse, who is my highest self. And I kind of just hang out with her in that space. And, um, you know, sometimes some really profound messages uh, and guidance come out to me in that moment. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's just like being in that kind of state of oneness. And so I don't, I, I wasn't guided. Nobody taught me. I didn't read anything that was like, do it this way. And and I think meditation is something that, you know, I mean, ultimately for me, it's self, self um, observation tool and a self connecting tool that is mm. for me so you know i've expressed this before in, in another podcast but like the greatest example is traffic whereas like you know a couple of years ago maybe before i was super into my meditation i would be sitting in traffic someone would piss me off and and that that state of being would yeah. hang out for longer than i would like right totally but then as i got deeper into my meditation practice the minute that trigger was set, because it'll still be set. We're human. We have those feelings and emotions for a reason, right? Um, I'm well aware. Like, I'm watching myself. Mm. All of a sudden, because I'm able to observe myself, not judging, just observing, I'm able to go, okay, well, no, let's, let's come back down. Let's, you know, be not there. Let's be closer to that state of meditation, you know? Um, so that was a, a bit of a ramp, but that's what meditation is for me. And I really love it. Like I cannot imagine my life without meditating. No way. Oh yeah. No, I love what you said. It sounds so powerful. And I think that meditation is just as personal as diet, as exercise, what? like what works isn't going to work for you or the next person and the next person is just and honoring that right not judging it like oh I couldn't do this mindfulness meditation or MBSR and like I'm a failure no like it has to feel right for you otherwise it won't work and I just love like you made it seem so powerful and like oh. this incredible tool and it is and I agree that you know after being a because as a meditator for years like I don't know how I lived the other way what? like how stressful like, what a way to live. <laughs> Seriously, I I agree. Thank you for saying that. Um, what about journaling and writing? How's that? Yeah. You, I mean, is that something you practice? Is that a part of your methodology, like a tool that you kind of, you know, almost prescribe um, to your, your clients? 
Yeah, that's such a great question. And absolutely, that's almost in homework every week. So I create custom uh, guided meditations for people based on particular challenges we might be working on, and then also prompt them to journal afterwards. So when we're in that really deep state, you know, and our brainwaves are changing, and we're going, you know, alpha, theta, and we're feeling really calm, basically, we're able to like solve challenges and understand and see things that we can't really see in our day to day. Right. And so being able to recognize them through the guided meditation and then go deeper through the journaling is I find in my practice and for my clients so profound in terms of changing behavior, because you just get this deeper level of insight. You understand where it's coming from and you understand how to pivot from it. And uh, journaling is so profound and it's a full body exercise too. It's right and left brained and it's, you know, opens the heart. There's, there's so much to journal. Oh, I love that you said that. Yeah. that I've never actually even thought of it in that way. And I've been writing for the majority of my life and it's something that I express so much you know, to the people that I coach, to, you know, my podcast, I just, because it has been one of the most profound tools, again, like meditation to self-observe to, so it's like this for me, when we're able to observe ourselves, we're able to discover things within ourselves and we're able to discover, we're able to better able to create and to actualize. And that like that domino effect is so provocative to me. And I feel like nothing has supported me to kind of be in that domino effect like writing. And the meditation is kind of like right up next to it. I've just been writing longer than I have meditating. Um, you know, I'm 40 now. I've literally as far back as I can think, I was like, you know, scribbling and writing and I it was never something of like, Oh, I'm going to try and write. It was like, I have to write. And now from this state and from all these years of experience and I, I go, I, you know, I look back and I go, wow, it's, you know, it's, I can see how this specific tool, even though for me, it's like a passion, but we'll call it a tool for the sake of what we're talking about, because it actually is, it has allowed me to have such a deep connection to myself, because I think one of the most important things about writing, and I, I share this a lot, is, you know, you're, you, you can't be judging. You're just freestyling. You're expressing. And if anything, then you're observing, but you're not judging. And that, you know, I think that most people in life, like we can all, there's more judging than observing going on. And it's more subjective than objective. And when we're able to go closer, you can't learn and judge at the same time. So for growth yeah. and individuals, you're one, I'm one, people that listen to this podcast. If you are really interested in constant growth, then the judging needs to take a backseat and the observing needs to be in the front, right? During I love that. Way. Thanks. That's a tweetable right there. I also love that you were always a journaler. Like that's something that I came to kind of late in the game, you know, and well, because I was really like locked off from my emotions and how I felt and all these things. But I just love that intuitively and instinctively your body was just like, okay, put the words on the page. We'll be okay. Just get the words on the page. Yes. I think that's why therapy, it's like, and whatever, yeah. whatever, you know what therapy was when you're 12, you know, but but to have this, how I would always say, it, it's like my soulmate. It's my best friend. It's never going to judge me. It's there for me whenever I need it to be there for me. I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, like how could you not write? <laughs> you know, 
Totally. Totally. One of my favorite things to do, and I don't know if you do this too, but when I'm processing emotion, the first thing I'll do is like, I'll take out my journal because, you know, even as advanced as we are and as far down the path as we are, there's always stuff for us to work on. Right. And I tell people this all the time, like we're never done with the work. So, you know, when I'm triggered, when something comes up for me, the first thing I do is I take out my journal and I just word vomit. And there's no, like you said, no judgment, but then I go back through and I observe and I observe what's true for me and what's not true for me. And like, what's a story that I've created. And in that, I can find so much clarity because I'm like, wow, I painted a real picture here, but like, here's the actual truth. And it's just a beautiful noticing to get me out of sometimes a tailspin. That's badass. And it's so powerful because when you think about what you're really saying, it's like you're allowing yourself to put a breath between your feeling and your reaction, right? And Mm -hmm. most people live in a reactionary state and that's a problem because that's when regret and all that stuff comes around or, you know, issues because there's just too fast of a reaction. Whereas like when you do what you're, you're expressing, like putting it all out, taking a step back, observing and then going, yeah, I, maybe I feel connected to this, but actually I don't feel connected to that. And then you're able to respond, right. Which is so much more of where we want to be operating from. Right. Exactly. The response, oh, not the reaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, so actually, so you said something there that triggers a question I have. Um, I wanted to know what your top three tips would be for someone who, you know, is in the motions of like back, back in the day when you were in the thick of, you know, your career, you know, starting to weigh down on you and you were getting unhealthy, but you, you know, you didn't take the next steps yet but you're just in the storm of it all. Like what are three things that people listening right now who are in that state can do to maybe, you know, help them be more composed, maybe invite more health um, and, you know, try to mitigate some of that damage that will then also allow for more clarity than to, you know, do whatever they need to do to move past the state of their career. If that makes sense. That was a run on. (laughs) No, totally. That's beautiful. And I love that. Okay. So let's see three things. Um, Well, I think that one of the easiest things that we can do given the society that we live in is change the way that we eat. Right. So, you know, there are so many wonderful wellness blogs now and food bloggers and, you know, pivoting from, you know, like the standard American diet to something that's a little bit more whole can have profound impacts on our energy, on our mood. Right. So much of our brain chemistry, our neurotransmitters are actually produced in our gut. And with standard American diet, a lot of people actually have, you know, dysbiosis or, you know, their, their guts are not healthy. And that can impact things like dopamine, serotonin. So when you're trying to get yourself out of a difficult situation but your brain chemistry is not right like it's it's like moving a boulder up a hill with a spoon right so i think one of the the easiest things and quickest things we can do is like literally focus on eating healthfully for us and that's like the first step we can take towards clarity i think i think also getting really grounded some sort of breathing or breath work practice or mindfulness practice for me has had really profound impact or even I'll say this actually is my third tip. So eat clean, mindfulness grounding, really connecting. And then the third thing is detoxing from toxic thoughts or other people's thoughts, right? And I think journaling comes in there in a really profound and big way because, you know, when we're polluting our bodies with foods that aren't right for us, we can't show up fully. When we're not grounded because we don't have a breathwork practice, we're not connected to our breath or to the rest of the universe, it's, it's difficult to show up in our purpose. And then when we are overwhelmed with, 
a belief system or thought processes that don't belong to us, but that have been imbued in us from the subcultures and cultures that we've grown up in and family systems we've grown up in. We don't know what's ours and what's theirs. So we don't know if, if we are making decisions from a wound or if we're making decisions from our truth. So those are the three things I would say. Eat clean, get mindful, detox from toxic thoughts and use your journal with that. Those are amazing. Those are diamonds for sure. Yeah. And I so agree with all of it. I love it. Um, tell me if, if you had to, what's your favorite, you know, and it could be more than one thing, but what do you love most about what you're doing now? And by the way, can you just express that too? Cause you do coaching, but you also, you, um, you work with big companies as well, right? Like coach big companies as well. Is that correct? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I coach one on one and then I coach within organizations and I lead off sites and seminars and I do speaking. And um, this work is so incredible because I literally feel like a conduit. Right. It's not about Amina. It's not about Amina's journey or how Amina is showing up today, though. That is important. It's about what's coming through me. And I exist to help other people so that they can feel really good in who they're called to be and what they do every single day. Because if we live in a world where people literally go to work and they're resenting their jobs and they're resenting people around them, that's a pretty miserable existence, right? Like there was this, yeah. um, there was a survey in Deloitte shift index study. And it basically, they said, uh, four out of five people or 80% are somewhat dissatisfied with their jobs. So, you know, we live in a world where that's the truth, right? And people act a certain way because they're dissatisfied, right? It eats into their relationships. It eats into their relationship with themselves. But if I can do this work, if you can do your work, if we can change the way we perceive the way that we show up and we can look around a room and instead of seeing four out of five people who are somewhat dissatisfied with their job, we see five out of five people that are just lit up game changers. Like imagine the world that we live in and that's the world that I want to live in. And that's why I do this work. That's beautiful girl. Yes. And you're doing it. It's amazing. I feel it. And I feel your passion. And I think that's, Ooh, we're going to get into this word right now. I just felt it come on. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that, and everyone knows this about me, but one of the biggest um, things that I value the most, and okay, so authenticity. Let's talk yes. about that for a second. Because, mm -hmm. so my idea of success is to be authentic to myself, to this highest expression of myself, go throughout my life living from as many minutes of those and being present as I possibly can and still accomplish, achieve and receive all the things that I desire and envision for my life. So, you know, there are a lot of people who will depart from their truth in order to, you know, gain more, get it faster, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, that's just something that I've never felt a connection to. I mean, fortunately, it's almost like on my side, I don't even know how to be anything else but myself. I love it. Like, I don't. And I, I don't know how to, I mean, I remember, um, you know, I, I lived in New York for years. And when I moved from New York um, back to where I'm at now in LA, um, you know, and I was getting started in my freelance celebrity makeup artist career, right? And I remember people saying like, oh, you have to go out more. You just have to go out and meet more people like you have to go out. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay. I go out if there's a real reason for me to go out, you know, yeah. this is just me, you know, everyone's different, but also go, living in New York for all those years and going out there, I'm like, I'm not really interested in going out to Hollywood. Like I don't have, you know, I'm not driven <laughs> to do that. Sorry. Um, but this is my thought process. My thought process was if I'm not feeling 
like that's something that I truly want to do, right? I'm, and I go out and I do it, like I'm being unauthentic to myself mm-hmm. in that moment. And then guess what? This is totally my train of thought. So then what are you really attracting? When you're operating from your most, you know, like from a non-authentic place, well, you probably will meet someone who's not authentic too. And then you're building relationships that are not necessarily like those nourishing, you know, true relationships because you're not even honoring yourself in that place. And again, but going back to being conduits of energy, like we attract that, which we are, I really believe that. And so, you know, and the cool thing is I didn't have to do it. I didn't do it. And I still made my shit happen. So (laughs) I can snap. I I can snap today. Yes. That's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you know, so that's kind of, you know, just dialing you into my idea of, of, of success. And I would love to know your idea of success and also just how you feel about this concept of being authentic, especially in business and social media is such a fuck right now about what it can yeah. do to people and how that I think it's a big factor in people not being authentic because we're in this popularity game. And, right. and that's yeah. So I'll stop there and let you you got the mic, girl. <laughs> I just, I'm just in awe of your innate authenticity, right? And and your inner guidance system being like journal, be yourself. Like it's it's brilliant. And a lot of people don't have that. I want to honor you for that because it's profound. And just what you said too is like, whew, like teach classes on that. That was amazing about, you know, when we show up inauthentically, when we're forcing ourselves to do things that don't feel true or good or joyful for us, like of course we're going to magnetize things that aren't going to work for us because we're not in that space and we're not open to receive in a way that we would if we were feeling really authentic and great. And so that's amazing. I spent a lot of time, especially when I had my marketing agency in my 20s, you know, feeling like I had to network in the very typical way and like let me put on my pantyhose and like go to this thing and hand out my business cards. And like, I loathed it because it didn't feel right to me, but I did it because I thought I should. And like, now I know that like anytime I'm in the space of should, you know, that's not really the space of authenticity, is it? It's right. Somebody else's idea. Right. And, but it took me a long time to kind of unlearn that. And now, you know, networking for me happens through all these fabulous places that I'm just happy to go to, like the co-working space that I work out of that I'm so excited about, or, you know, my workouts or, you know, the juice bar that I'm going to, all those places are my places and places where I feel good about me. So I'm magnetizing the right people. But, um, to your question about success, I think of it in three ways. So authenticity, huge, right? I have to show up in my truth, right? To feel really successful, to be really alive. I've got to be connected to, to my truth and to my purpose. Um, nourishment, because when I'm nourished in it, I can show up fully, right? And then the impact. So for me, it's really about the ripple effect out into the world. Like if I have touched people's lives, if I've changed a belief system, if I've changed behavior for the better, and if I've changed society for the better, that's a hell of a lot of success. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Yes, I, I feel that. That's you know, I don't look at myself as just being a woman. I'm an experience. So I'm <laughs> another tweetable. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know. It's true, though. It's like you're giving me an experience right now. I'm giving you an experience. We're both giving, you know, everyone listening an experience right now. And I think that when we look at ourselves from that perspective, we understand that there's actually a lot more responsibility that comes with it is beautiful responsibility to, you know, that comes with being alive and and like our impression and our impact on the world, what we're capable of or what we're already doing. And so I love your definition of success. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. And right back. 
Um, okay, so I want to, can I do a few rapid fire questions? Yeah, totally. Let's or not it. questions. But I'll, I'll try to be succinct. Okay. <laughs> rapid fire words, and you just tell me how they impact you and what you feel about them. Um, okay, balance. Oh, everything. Okay. Balance is everything. Um, what does balance mean to you, actually? I'm curious, just to. Yeah, so for me, it's like, I really love to eat from the buffet of life. So I can't, I can't live like unilaterally. Like I need like a little bit of everything. And like, that's, that's balanced for me. It means like having fun. It means like, yes, I'm moving my body. I'm eating in the right ways. And I get to hang out with the people that I want to hang out with. And PS, I get to sleep eight hours. Like that's glorious. I love it. That's a tweetable. The buffet of life. I'm eating from the buffet of life. (laughs) So good. Um, Okay. What about fear? Fear is, I think, um, what do I want to say about fear? Fear awakens us, right? Fear is an indication that we have some work to do. So fear, I always think, is a gift. Like anytime I'm like quaking in my boots or like, you know, about to pee my pants, I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Leveling up is coming my way. Yeah, it's like an awesome stepping stone opportunity. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love. Oh, universal. I mean, the meaning of everything. I love it. Uh, challenge. Growth. Curiosity. Curiosity. I mean, I'm keen on investigation, and I think it's like how we learn about ourselves. So, always being curious is so important. Yes. Joy. Oh, these are so good. Joy. Joy is everything. Joy is nourishment. Joy is nourishment. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I just got hungry after this podcast. (laughs) In the best way. Um, Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I'm. you're amazing i'm grateful we're staying connected like not even and when i'm in new york i'm gonna hit you up and i gotta come see you in person this is exciting i would love that and i will be in la in the beginning of 2019 so we need to sync up schedules because yeah done we're announcing it on the you know out there in the world like we are new friends you're honestly this is real yeah (laughs) this is real (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, so true. Well, and it's so special, you know, like like-minded individuals. It's just it's really special when you when you feel that authentic connection and you're like, yeah, girl. And and like for me, I want to support people like you to the best of my ability because you're making the fucking world a better place. One person, one talk, one interaction at a time, you know? It's huge. I couldn't agree more with you. And I feel exactly the same. I'm all about supporting, you know, my, my brothers and sisters in this work because it's so important. We're all in this together. People are always like, oh, competition. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We are all teammates linking arms, like solving this this puzzle together. And it's so important that we take care of one another. I couldn't agree more. P.S. It's like really great to have a conversation where like you speak the same language because I don't know about you, but you ever get in a room and you're like, you know, talking and sharing all these things that light you up. And it's like, what, what language is she speaking? I'm like, oh, not my room. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I tend to hang out in the deep end. I like to, you know, go. I, I don't I do not do surface level shit. I mean, small talk is really hard for me. I do a little bit of it, and I'm, you know, certain situations, but, like, I really can't, and I'm okay with that. I actually had to come to the realization of, like, yeah, you know, in the last decade where it's, like, yeah, I mean, this is me, and I, I don't, I don't want to shoot the, the the surface shit. I'm not interested in that, and so, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a one size fits all, and I'm 
fucking proud of that. <laughs> totally. My coach once told me, she's like, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. And I was like, yeah. it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Okay. So before um, I let you go, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that hasn't been expressed yet? Um, no, I mean, this was such a beautiful exchange and I love how organic it was and how we both got to share our perspectives and the kinship is just incredible. Um, I do actually have a free resource available. So for your listeners, if they're interested, I have a digital course and I offer the first module for free and it's all actually about authenticity um, and authenticity in our work. So if you follow me on Instagram at Amina Altai, that you'll put my name in the, show notes. in the show. It's a difficult one to spell. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Um, Oh, yeah, you. that's a great offering. I'll make sure that it stands out clear for everyone to be able to, you know, go there and, and get that. And yeah, I'm going to thank you so, so much. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to be continued. I can't wait for our next fun adventure together. Yes, to be continued. I love that. Okay. Happy holidays. Sending you lots of love. You guys, thank you so much. Follow this amazing woman. Get dialed into her programs. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with, you know, editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.